0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, you're right. This is a topic
1: that um, uh, interests me very, very much and intrigues me, frankly, uh, because I think that there is a lot there, but um, um, whether it's Chokrim in the academic Welt or even postkim in the more traditional Welt of Psika, I have barely started to pay attention to it. And that is the fact that there is such a thing as Hasidus Uh And what I mean by such a thing as Hasidus is not that there is, such only, that there is such a thing as Hasidus Hufzak. Obviously, we all know that there are a lot of Hasidish Hurebis who have written Shavuot. But not only have they written Shavuot, there are first principle methodological assumptions that are unique to Hasidish Hufzak. Um, that informs their psaac. And um, like you mentioned, I do, I do uh, work a lot on psaac and sometimes complicated issues. And as someone who has grown up um, Hasidish, um, I feel that it would be legitimate for me to kind of let Hasidish psaac inform my psaac. Uh The frustration about that all is that it's hard to know how to do that with authenticity. Um, and if we can indulge me for a minute and a half, um, of my time extra of, of Ramel. Um, it reminds me very much of uh, the conversation about Svardi Um you know, a lot of people have talked recently about Svadip Sikha. Um, one of the big uh, promoters is Professor Tzvi Zohar, which I think we've talked about earlier, both of us know. Uh, but Professor Tzvi Zohar is a good friend of mine. And he has been lately promoting a lot Svadip Sikha. And he and I have this ongoing argument, this ongoing fight, because basically when he talk to Rav Tzvi, uh, I'm sorry, to Professor Zohar, he'll tell you, oh, look at Svardipsika, Sikha and they're much more make and much more tolerant and my critique of him is that um, it's very superficial it's a superficial assumption it could be that the sum total if you look at the true vote of um, what you see what you find is that more often than not they lean um, lean leniently as it were uh, more than stringently Uh, but I think that's a very superficial and a very um, you know first impression assessment of what's going on Um, I don't believe that that at its outset, Svarty sat said, and said, oh, let me find a way to be Meikel, and Svarty sat down and said, oh, let me find a way to be Machmir. I think that there are fundamental first principle philosophical assumptions about the role of Alacha, about the role of Psak, and after the methodology of Psak, that informs Svarty Psika. And I think the same is true with Hasidic Sika. Hasidic is a unique, very special type of poskening that has certain methodological assumptions that are are unique to Sephardi, to Chassid Sheposkem, I should say. And um, quite frankly, to me, it's unfortunate that um, we have not yet started, not even started to do the work necessary to get to the bottom of what it is um, that informs those first principle methodologies um, of those post And really, one more second in response to your question is, one might ask, why is that important? I want to learn psaq of the chassidusheh post given. I'll see the psaq, and that's enough. But as I said, if someone comes along and says, I want to let chassidusheh psaqa inform my psaq, they cannot do it with authenticity unless they've first identified the methodology that informs them sock, that, that they can then with legitimacy uh, replicate what they're doing. Otherwise, uh, you think you're doing consider strip and my my suspicion is that, similar to Svar Deep Psika, people would be inclined to say, oh, look at early Hasidus game, they're more lenient, or I don't know, they're more stringent. Um, and that would be just a mistake of falling into the trap of superficial terminology instead of really getting to the bottom of what's going on. And um, hopefully the project that you're doing, uh, which um, uh, hopefully will make a contribution not just to the exposure of the kind of bottom line of Psika, but also to better understand what is it that's going on when they are thinking about Psyche.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think I think Rabbi Salsman, and I appreciate your support. And believe me, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be knocking on your door more than once on this. But I think mm-hmm. that one of the things that uh, occludes this whole issue is the modern tendency, uh, especially, you know, we talked in the previous discussions about technology and the greatness of having uh, the Yetzirah Chochman, having uh, uh, so many computer uh, assets at our fingertips, the ability to throw out a phrase and then get, you know, 500 hits mm-hmm. in terms of a search. Mm-hmm. But what, what I think that has done is also it's leveled the playing field to the point of, not uh, of, of of not identifying who's who and what's what so what we have now is you know people who are writing and, and some of them maybe have the big like like and others but others i can tell that well all they've done is they've thrown stuff into a search engine and what's been spit out is this forum that and some of them are some mm-hmm. are, are svardisha
1: mm-hmm.
0: and therefore what happens is there's a homo- there's a homogenized version of of halacha, now and, and 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 you know we talked before we started recording about the idea of you know the accountant you know the the idea that we're just counting shitas on one side and, and and on the other. But before we even, even with not even dealing about that, just the idea of of, of recognizing that just because it's in a sefer uh, doesn't necessarily we view it and we give it the same uh, the same amount of value or understanding of where it's coming from. Um, so I, I think I think we're fighting against a zerim. You know, the zerim is to homogenize, not necessarily to create to destroy the differences between Ashkenazim and Sephardim or El Hasidim, but but it's all, but it's a way of sort of being oblivious to the significance of those people. Okay, if if if, if the if the phrase comes up, all right, it's here now. If it's here now. Let, let's let's try to understand it. Uh, and it, we don't necessarily recognize um, why we're there. Uh, there's emotional, well, you know, there's Svarim. Again, you go to the Bar-Ilan uh, database for the, for the modern, let's say me and you, if we get a, a Shiloh. We get Shilohs all the time. So we, we want to research what's going on. So again, some of us have, you know, we all don't have that type of Zikaron. We go into the barilan database and a true, a true, ch- cipher like the mayor Nasivim, who's one of the first and most important, of I don't believe mm-hmm. he, he's not in that database. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's not there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so basically, or so you, it, it, because of the, the modern welt, we're going to have people that are Sfarim, Rabonim, trailblazers who are excluded from this whole conversation and what we're left with is also a lack of uh, understanding and imagination of going doing the historical background that 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 is necessary to know who stands at the shore reshena of khsidish apsak and and who who's not there? I think the big names of R- R- you know, everybody is aware of. And I think probably you know, you know, the, uh, again, I I've talked to you. I know you were impressed with what I was trying to do with the Alter Rebbe, and the Alter Rebbe's were not necessarily you know so well known. Uh, obviously, Chabad's muscles and and, and the amount of chabadskars caused those tshuvos to to, to to spread. But the, the, the Hasidic Shepoiskim that, that we, can, you know, we 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 are machshev and we see as, you know, in awe of, of course, you know, I, I guess the one that stands in terms of the mid-19th century is the Rechaim, right? The you know, I'm not talking about great and learning. I think we need to understand that. So we had, everyone knows the Rechaim and people know, of course, you know, skip, you know, a, a generation, the Avenizer. Um, But I think what's quite less known is, People like uh, the mayor Nasivim, and uh, in, 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 in terms of his Mahalakas, he he spent right the last thirty years of his life. He was within the Balshemt of Schug. Maybe the last 30, 40 years of his life, and and those were these psalcom are coming from, and and in general, I, I think that uh, the Bachacha and others, we we are missing the historical f- framework uh and to recognize that that this represents um a, 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 i would go even further just like it was a, a unique and important contribution to it was also a unique contribution in terms of taking uh the abstract halacha and applying it lemaisa. i think you if you'd agree to that i don't know
1: right right yeah i mean i mean the truth is i mean this can be a hall um, other conversation, but it, they, they are intertwined and linked because um, just to echo what you said and then expand perhaps a little bit on that is that, um, yeah, we did talk in the beginning beforehand, um, my, 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 my extreme discomfort with the tendency of doing uh, what I call numerical psica, right, you'll basically kind of do uh, a... <laughs> A, a kind of summary of the numbers. It's like, oh, there are 30 materium, the 20 osrim. Okay, we're going to follow the materium because their numbers are greater. And I think there's a fundamental flaw in that philosophy because, A, you can only do that if you've seen everybody and anybody who has ever said anything on this idea. Once you're missing one or two people who have spoken on this topic, the whole thing falls apart. Um, and then the other thing is also that I feel that... Um, not all people's posts are created equal. In other words, you can't give equal value to, uh, you know, a Rechaim, a Hassam Sofer, a the uh, Assad uh, or any random post that we can pick to, I don't know, some posts taken Borough Park and Williamsburg who might write on the same topic. So unless we develop a, 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 a set of rules of how to do that, uh, I think the whole enterprise is flawed. Uh, and I know sometimes people will push back and say, look, Revavadia Yosef does that. I don't believe Revavadia does that, does that at all. There's a component to Revavadia's numerical Card that we're missing, which is conceptual assessment and evaluation. So that's one. Uh, but that ties into your point of, you know, to what degree do we incorporate Chassid Shavoshkin? And to what degree do we appreciate that they're part of the conversation? But they're part of the conversation in a way that, is different sometimes with first principles. Some first principle assumptions that they have are different than other post Kim as is true within the classical post as well. Not every post same shares the same first principle assumptions. And it makes it difficult to really um, operate with a numerical philosophy when there are so many secondary variables and tertiary va- variables and so on and so forth. So that's one thing. The other thing I'm going to say, which is what you mentioned, is that there's the f- famous postkin, right? We all know about the B'chaim, we all know about the said that post, and um, a couple of others. Um, and then there are those that we don't know about that you mentioned, right? A third component of that is when a Hasid Rebbe will address a philosophy of psaq question that will inform his psaq. I think I'm a, always of the beautiful B'nai Yisaskara and I love this because I do that as a, uh, as a tease when I teach uh, philosophy of psika and I tell students um, the B'nai Saskara has an essay, B'nai Saskara. I have to find it for you if you're interested in it, and perhaps you know about it. He has an essay about Kul and Khamer, right? And I tell my students in some ways what do you think? Is he, at the end of that essay, endorsing chumra or Kula, right? And of course, for the most part, the assumption, the instinctual reaction is, oh, this should have a machmir, of course. And as you and I know, that essay actually was a very emphatic um, argument against Khumra. Now, what's interesting about that essay, going back to the question of um, first principle assumptions, the basis for his conclusion is somewhat Kabbalistic. So here you have a posek who a creates this fascinating synthesis between Kabbalah uh, and Aloha. His Kabbalistic orientation leads into certain conclusions about Sakh. That's number one. Number two, not only is he not a well-known posek. He is actually not a post-sig. I mean, at least not in this context. He doesn't write psak, but he writes klale Right? He makes an argument for klale that needs to be incorporated when we think about Chesed Shipsak. Unless you know about it, unless you've made a decision that Kabbalistic information or Kabbalistic um, assumptions should be allowed into the formulation of philosophy of psak then you might not accept him. But these are first principles. You know, it's interesting also, another name that we have not mentioned is Rav Tzadok Akonis Chukas. Rav Tzadok such a fascinating personality, such a fascinating thinker. He writes to vote. And also, I mean, I've talked recently, um, I think you and I, both of us um, know, Professor Alan Brill, who has this, done his dissertation on Rav And I asked him, did anybody do work on Rav to be able to and identify and decipher to what degree his psika is informed by his um, philosophy, right? We know that he was deeply steeped in Chassidut, he was deeply steeped in Kabbalah. Um, now, there you have another pose, really important, really crucial, uh, really prolific, but I don't think we can, A, I don't think we know about him enough, and B, I also don't know how exactly to incorporate him in the pantheon of post Kim. And you wonder, are, are they in dialogue, you know, or are the differences so big that they are two genres? I, I don't know. There's a some, yeah. lot of first principle questions that I am struggling with. Yeah, I, and I, I, yeah. I find it unfortunate that have not been answered yet. And again, coming back to to your project, which is why I'm so thrilled about this project that you do Um well, more so than I'm thrilled with a lot of the <laughs> other projects, is because, because I know, I know, I know you well enough to know that for you, it's not just a regurgitation of, oh, the Tanya said this, the Tanya said that inevitably, uh, the conversation of what are the assumptions of the Tanya, what is the uh, first principles of the Tanya, are an integral part of this conversation.
0: So, so I think really, you know, I'm going to th- respond about Rav Tzedek first. first, Achrin. Um mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that Alan uh, Brill did in, in Thinking God was really help um, deconstruct and then reconstruct Rav Tzodok. Um, you know, Rav Tzedek is this um, You know, he's the he's a crossover in a sense. Right. Because that's a term that's used in in the entertainment world for Mm -hmm. a type of like, you know, like they talk about, you know, the Cosby's, uh, the Cosby Mm -hmm. show, which I don't know if you were so to see any of the the, the reruns. But that was a, a program that was about a black family that everybody in America started to love in the same way, I don't think anybody's ever made this tushno before, but in the same <laughs> way, Rav Saldek, although clearly, you know, a Talmud of the Ishbitzer, very much, you know, using the type of ideas from Zoyer and, and, and other is Somehow, Rav Zodek entrenched himself in the Litvish yevet. It was a crossover with the Yeshiva Shevelt as well. In fact, you know, I, I remember my my, my first um, you know meeting and arguing with Ponovichers. They 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 had Rav Zodek on their fingertips. You know, these hever, mm-hmm. even though they were you know Brak Ponovich chevra. And and, and 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 there's yeah. a and, and there's part of the reason is of course is is the bikiyas that Rav Zodek brings to the table, the chaps, the harifus, um, but even even when he doesn't do that, even uh, the concise brilliance that's in Sitka Satzadik, really, I think uh, uh, the Benetayer love chewing it over and and and, and getting. Look, Anoyah Melech. they would say, I don't even know what he's talking about. But with Rav Tzadik, at least, they were able. And that's why I think Rav Tzodik entrenched itself. Rav Hutner has a lot to do with it. Rav Dessler has a lot to do with it. But you know what? Rav Hutner, Rav Dessler could have pushed it. But had, there not, had it not been a Geshmakatam, it wouldn't have taken on. And that's the reason why I think Rav Tzodik is so, um, uh, in a sense, larger than he was. Personally, I think Alan Brill has made, has shown that that he himself went through various evolutions till
1: mm-hmm. and and
0: and mm-hmm. even much of of the material that was printed, you know, you know, he, 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 is that they found as Vinus of xovim, you know, and and, and and so he wasn't necessarily the. Like the Diverchaim, that everybody was of to and looked to, and he sat on on a kise of psak. You know, he was he was his brain was so fertile, and he was writing. So even though he was addressed for the famous shuva that, that uh, about Mikvoyas, you know, he didn't necessarily stand as the Mayrahirah. Uh, uh, although everyone you know knew that he was an ilui. In his time, he was sort of like underappreciated, and mm-hmm. and, 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 and therefore his his rep became much larger. I, I would also add just a similar uh, tofa, and this goes back to the computer world. The, you know, someone who your family, I'm sure, was connected to. I feel like I know him because my close friends were so close to him. I, I think he was with my parents uh, after the war as well. Is the Kleisenberger, and you know, mm-hmm. the Kleisenberger. Everyone knew he was an incredible cup, but the Divrayatsiv becomes a chuvas Sefer after his death, right? Really, you know, the, 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 you know, the 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 his his Talmud who helped Masader it. Uh and then once it becomes, and it is so brilliant and so Masuda and so organized, and also reflective of what you were saying in terms of the influences that you might not see in other farim but the Kloisenberger, the is is a place like Acharchayov. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. he, he, he he becomes a, a place that even though bechayov he, he people weren't quoting the Kleisenberger in terms of like, like they even quoted the Satmarov. But mm-hmm. now because of what we've done with his writings, we're now gonna try to incorporate him in in terms of, of, of his Mahalach. So I think that, that that's just a response as far as that goes. The other thing I want you to, to discuss. And I, I'm not trying to dominate Chassid Sholomir. No, <laughs> the, <other, laughs> the other thing I want to discuss is that I, I think that the, the historians of Chassidus, whether it's Dubnov or Zweifel or any of the people who are who tried to be objective, Dubnov was not so objective, but Zweifel and others who tried to look to Chassidus or Vertime and Alichas Falochas and Chassidus, people who looked at them, they they zeroed in on the chuvas that were very much uh, to be matzik. The areas in which this was revolutionary and changing, um, and, and and where like the Chuvis were backing up the sort of political halachic uh, movement in terms of let's say making different minyanim or whatever it was, or changing the royes, or being maachers Mantvila oh or uh, mikvoyas on Shabbos and Yontif, and all these things, which are sort of like, you know, this is what we stand for. This is what we do, and here's our rationale behind it. I, I think that if we if, if that's going to be our emphasis, we're going to lose the big pictures about just just in terms of the same Shila about about what do you do with this bird? You know, what do you do with this life? What do you do with this particular? What do you do in terms of this Hepsich What do you do in terms of, uh, of this Isha that's of Dam machmas Tashmish? What do you do in terms of agunis? So, so I think one of the things we're fighting against, the both of us, if you're part of, of is that most people are going to just jump on the chuvas, which they can uh, combine with, okay, you see, this is what Hasidus was about, this is what they tried to make changes, and here's the halachic uh, rationale behind it. And, and therefore, I think we're going to lose uh, the, the, the real life of what halach is supposed to be. I don't know if you could just
1: respond Yeah, to no, that. no, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I want to remember to I mention another name that came to my mind, uh, but I want to first respond to, so respond to you, what you're saying You said hit a chord. So um, I've mentioned this to you before that my wife did her dissertation on the Noda Behuda. My wife is a uh, professor of Jewish history at Brooklyn College. And she and I kvetch about exactly this because, you know, unfortunately, the ratio of Tamidah Chachamim in academia is pretty small. You know, a small percentage of people who have a strong yeshiva background um, end up going to academia and then do academic work. And those people produced phenomenal work. I mean, people like Yaakov Katz, um, Chaim Soloveitchig and perhaps the other names that I've left out. But unfortunately, there's also a significant number of scholars in academia who do academic work on Chuvas and all of that. And, you know, unfortunately, um, and I hope this doesn't come out too arrogant and too, and too mean, I don't mean to be mean at all, most of their scholarship is based on, oh, they read the introduction and they know to whom they going to be this writing, you know, Araf, going, and they know the title, they know the place where they live and the conclusion, which is a part of the conversation. But because they don't have the training to do the intricacies of the Levitari of the tshuva itself, most of what's going on there is lost because most of what happens, and I guess I should say, most of where you see the uniqueness of the personality of the Posek and also the methodology of the Posek comes out in the intricacies of the Shakh which unfortunately so many scholars don't have access to. And I think that's the point that you're making with Chesed the So, everybody will tell you the Shchita knives and the Mikvah, but you're right. What happens when the Tzadi Paskanan sircha? What happens when the Mayor Receive Him Paskanan mara? That's where you see really their approach. And uh, if you can indulge me for a minute, um, I love to use this example always to, when I try to kind of show how Hasidic Ship has fundamentally different first principles. And it's a light story that I've heard recently from someone. So, this is a contemporary guy who has a besmet vision, forgetting where it is. And he's a student of Rav Wolfson, you know, from Torah Badas, who was in Torah Badas and then left and now has his own Shtibel in Borupak, his own besmet in Borupak, and it's very deeply steeped in Hasidis. So that Ingraman likes to tell the story how one year during uh, Parsha Zachar, uh, they read the Parsha of Machir Zamaleh. And only afterwards he realized, oh, they forgot to repeat the basuk, Zeichar Zachar. And he was very anxious. He didn't know what to do. And um, he, he, could re, he could reread the Parsha for Mincha, but let's be honest, we know that only a half to a quarter of the Kahal shows up for Mincha on a Shabbos afternoon. Um, so he wasn't sure should he call back at the Kahal, should he rely on the Kreevitz Megillah of Purim and, and then take care of it. Anyway, he calls up his Rebbe, Rav, Rav Wolfson, and a panning Matzei Shabbos, and says, Rebbe, I messed up. I only did one, not the other and his rabbi said to him you know there's a midrash and she said it says the pasuk vediglo ale ahava and the midrash says ultikray tikrave diglo elovadilugo even if you skip a word god still is makhon his makavah vetchila I think that Rav, Rav Wolfson is playing jokes here. I don't think Rav Wolfson is playing games. Here's a serious halachic question of whether or not you have to repeat the words Zacher and Zeichar and he kind of dismissed them as some kind of joke midrash. I think that Rabbi Rav Wolfson somehow um, is informed by a philosophy where the theology of the midrash has a place in the halachic conversation. And that's a small example of where a Posig that's informed by a Hasidic theology will approach the same question that a Litvish Posig would approach in one way differently. He's concluded, you don't have to repeat it, which I'm sure that could, whoever, it could very well be that other Litwish him would conclude the same way, uh, but his root, right, his process was extremely and uniquely different. And like I said, because oftentimes scholars don't have access uh, and the skills to um, access the intricacies of the conversation. A lot of that, um, a lot of that gets lost. Um, You know, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll frankly, I I, I tell people all the time, I always like to quiz people. Who was the first person in modern times who who said that women should learn goodbye? And you ask that question in an audience and what is the answer you get? Rostolevichek. Well, that's not true. It's actually Bhabash Rebbe. The Babish is the first one that writes a tshuva that Banot Bizman hazeh should learn Gemara. There is no doubt in my mind that his Hasidic orientation was a variable in his ability to kind of reread the Gemara about Tiflos, reread the Gemara about Yisufid Areval Yimas Rulanashin. Again, unfortunately, I don't know how that played into his thinking and how he kind of synthesized that with classic halachic thinking. But there's something to be said about the fact that Lubavitcher is the first one. And then when you go to modern Zionism, the first halachic, or one of the first halachic proponents of modern Zionism wears a stomach. There is no doubt that that had to do with that. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what allowed Rav cook um, to kind of embrace a... Um, movement that clearly seemed to have some kind of divine imprimatur, in spite of the fact that there are a lot of you know problems. Are, if, if, if Cook was not oblivious to the challenges that modern Zionism, especially secular Zionism, represents, but somehow his Hashiva was so broad, so comprehensive that he was able to incorporate it within philosophy of psika. And then when you read his shuvas, whether well, there's the question about the kidneys, whether it's a question about the Esrogin, well, it's pretty Clear that he has a very unique uh, philosophy of psicha, uh, and again, it's just frustrating to me. Frustrating to me that well, you know, I I don't I, know yeah. what it is.
0: Right. Well, so there's a lot here to unpack, as they say. And <laughs> and, and 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 I know. But let, let me let me respond a little bit, if you don't mind. First of all, before we get to Rev Cook, let's talk a little bit about Rebus. You know, one of the things I was very um, intrigued me uh, was when. Rav Moshe was nifter, and I'm a little bit older than you. And it was a, you know, the day that it happened, I was extremely, extremely um, shaken. And we, of course, we were we were being davening for him. And we, and when Zion Oder happened of that year, we thought that was going to be because Hashem Baruch Hu Noisov And we all breathed a sigh of relief uh, when Zion Oder passed because we figured he's definitely going to have another year with us and, mm-hmm. and he was actually even in the hospital. He was dictating Chuvus Palper. I happen to know um, a Rov. Who was visited him in the hospital at that time and was able, you know, very close to his ptira, and he was able to um, get the rashi prakam for Rav Moshe, and then he wrote up the tshuva, which, which eventually became Rav Moshe's So he was he wasn't just like you know on life support, and they had mm-hmm. the the YouTube mm-hmm. camera on him. He was still there was still this sense of of, of loss despite his advanced age and how terrible we all felt. And I remember when Nebuch, when he died, I remember hearing that the, that the, the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher, was saying, met afkein, met afkein, met afkein tzdi, ador, ador. I remember I was talking to some to Lubavitchers, so I've always been subundan with them, and, and they know that I'm on the other side of the fence in many ways. And I would say, you know, <laughs> what, so I said, so they, they would tell me, the Rebbe is very meduyik, there is the poisek ador, not the godo ador. There's the Pesach Ador, you know, not that Mikad's the, mm-hmm. the Godel. And of course in the Yeshiva Velt, Rav Moshe was the Godalador. He's the Godal, and Godel included Psak. And, and what it what it underscored for me was that they didn't think that they that the Lubavitcher was a Pesach on the on the on the level of Rav Moshe. They didn't call right. And 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 what was clear also was that in the Xidish Welt, you can be the Rebbe and you can be the Manig, the big picture person, and the Pesach can be somebody else. The Paisik who actually and, and the Rebbe can, can agree with that. And I think mm-hmm. that we we have, if when we think about the Uvdas of of, of Hepsach, we have Khsidim or Rabbonim who were Kof of Terebis who were paiskim, right? And then we have Rebis themselves who mm-hmm. are Paiskim. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you think about it, and I and, and this is what I think our study is going to show, that there's going to be a difference between Chover, who is a Rebbe as a Paisic, who is a Rebbe as a paisik who is Maniga and Ada, to a Rav who happens to be Makabo, whether it's uh, Rav Talushkin or others, who are Chasidish, Paiskim who, who are Kofav to the Rebbe. I think there's going to be a difference in terms of, and I've seen it in Avni always. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up, uh, 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 I, I was studying Shabbos, and the two Svarim, the two achrenish Svarim and Shabbos that everybody has on their table is the aigletal and the Tetzos chaim. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my good friend Menachem Yuni uh, underscored for me this. He says, look in the Tetzos chaim, you're going to see a chosid. <laughs> it's it's it's. Look at the avnei you're going to see a rebbe. Even when they talk about kuta kamei or other topics, there 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 is a certain. Um, n- I would say a courageous, um, almost um, ability to make a kvitzah that a rebbe has that sometimes the the does not have. Um, you. There, there's you can't. It, this is not doing a grad's type of psycho, psychological uh, uh, view of the rebbe's rebbe's who are poiskim. I think uh, will make that jump. And let me just connect this to your point. I think that they will be. Quicker to incorporate the kabbalistic and, 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 and meta halachic elements into their psokim. Uh, the, the, it's not that the rav didn't know that, but mm-hmm. but since as even from the time of the Beis yosef, the hesitancy of including zoyer, the hesitancy of including dvarim from the mystical realm, or even divrei Agoda, into them is, is 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 very you know they're very worried. I think Rebbes because of them of who they were because of the type of soul that they had they were uh less uh, hesitant to bring those meta halachic aspects into Psach. And, and 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 again that's what I think is uh, is important to see uh, I mean Rav Cook himself talks about in in, in the famous letter to uh, Rebbes Isaac Alevi Rabinovich that he defends um to the Torah, him. He depends what Torah Eretz Yisrael is, and he says based on the Yerushalmi um, that he says that Torah Eretz Yisrael is 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 when we say dvaram Hamishbot, in Yerushalmi it says what does it mean by the Zok and Mamre agoda. and Rav Kook builds from this to say that unlike Bovel, where you have, oh, you know, this is the Agada dimension, you know, this is the, now we're going into the home of Agada. Mm-hmm. What he believes is the beauty of Teir Eretz Yisroel, is the synthesis of Agada and Halacha. Um, and, 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 and Rav Kook believes that, of course, is part of the Koyach that is is is, is Zoyrim, even among a regular uh, or learning in meyer There's a there's a prophetic power that allows mm-hmm. you to tap into something which other people would just see as sources of drush. Uh, what's interesting though, just I don't have an answer to this. I'm you know I used to write uh, you know articles under a nom de plume of uh, Talmud Arav. You know I saw myself <laughs> as 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 and, and it meant it meant three people. It meant the Rav, it meant uh, the author Rebbe, and it meant Rav Cook. Mm-hmm. So I felt I was. <laughs> wow. Uh, so so I used to write Shtiklach, and I used to use a sign a Talmud Rav. I've gone through many many truvis uh, The the that you mentioned from Rav Cook on on Kitnius and uh, shows his tremendous courage. But what w- and, and I've gone through a, a his forum on, on, on Aloha. I don't see him. Um, Doing as like I see by the Avnezer and others, or, or, or incorporating the Kabbalistic aspect. I don't know if you agree with me. It's strange since he, in many ways, was the advocate for for doing that and 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 pushing the halachic bounds. But I actually see, even though he was courageous in his heter mechira and, and other things, I actually I haven't sensed, and I've read a lot that he was. Um, in his chuvas going to like incorporate we know what was his mystical the mystical heart that 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 beat so strongly to anybody that came into his sviva. i don't know if you if, if if you've noticed that as well um he, he he wasn't scared and but but it's almost like i'm going to play the game i'm going to mm-hmm. i'm going to write a chuva that is 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 me but it's it, he I, I think he almost did not want to bring in Uh, the Divre, what we would call the the Divre Marshova, or or, or, like you mentioned from revolfson. I don't know, has that been your impression in reading? Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, again,
1: I find myself today just... you know, <laughs> echoing and elaborating what okay. you're saying okay.
0: I hope I don't again please I, I'm violating no, no, no. I'm violating the cardinal rule of podcasting, which is letting your guests shine. So no, I'm no, no, for- no, not
1: at all. Chassu Sholem. Chassu Sholem. this is great, this is wonderful. I think I think the way I would put it is overt and covert. You know, I mean there are like I mean, in your categorization there's the you know the Rebbe and the or the Reb and the Talmud and some the Rebbe so to speak is more comfortable very explicitly Incorporating kabbalistic um, references and kabbalistic terms, um, you're right. With Raff Cook or with others, we might not see this so explicitly, and they might not explicitly reference, um, you know, this. Uh, These the, the, the kabbalistic sources that inform them, and it might be deliberate on their part, as you are suggesting. Perhaps I'm not sure, um, but there's no doubt that if you read closely, it's hard to avoid that implicit in their conversation, implicit in their dialogue, implicit in their Shmak are what we would normally call um, Kabbalistic and um, Hasidic. Um, um, assumptions and tropes. Now, again, this is this is, this in and of itself is a very complicated um, project as well. What is a Hasidic trope and what is not a Hasidic trope? You know, someone would say, you say see a lot of a Havas Israel in Rav tzodok, in Rav Cook's That's ridiculous. There, the Gra had just as much Ahavas Israel as the Bal um, that's not it. But there are kind of small things whether it comes to Kedusha Sar Yisrael, right? When Rav Tzadok, when I'm sorry, when Rav Cook gets uh, gives extraordinary weight to Kedusha assert Israel more so relatively to a comparable post or a contemporary post you start seeing oh why is such Israel have so much weight for him when it does not have for the other post when they both saw the same text and then it starts it starts becoming difficult to avoid uh, the possibility that perhaps is deeply influenced by Kabbalah is deeply influenced by um, Kabbalistic and Hasidic thinking you know and the same as with his support um, Uh, You know, there are places where it's obvious, right? His his support for secular Zionism couldn't come about uh, without some deep-seated Hasidic and Kabbalistic notions of Hanhagas Olam, and uh, um, there's the famous of in uh, in Tzibka Tzadik about the heel Titzlach in which he seems to endorse his kind of, you know, um, in the Jewish sovereignty not not religious not Jewish state. Um, so that's pretty obvious, but my sense, and I, I am a, I'm a, uh, a uh, dabbler of cooks chuvas because I uh, wasn't allowed to do it until very recently <laughs> because in supper we don't do that. But I did spend one summer really going through as many of his chuvas as I could. And like I said, you look at the Kutnyev's chuva, you look at the Srogam shuvah, and so on and so forth. And it's hard not to see a uniqueness there, that the style is unique, not, not only the psaac, but the style, the considerations, the concerns. And my sense is that if it's done carefully and with authenticity and with humility, one will see um, you know, um, footprints of Zohar and Kabbalah. But by the way, just since we're t- talking about that um, and you mentioned the Yosef, which is a very complicated um, case that he led in Kab- Kabbalah influences he did not let in Kabbalah influences of Zohar. is it only in areas of uh, metaphysical uh, topics like the Tilasidaim in the morning and others, or is it also in other areas, Katlanes and other places. I know that, um, uh, more, Alchuler wrote a book about that recently, and I think that someone more recently published a book in which he critiqued her claim of a robust um, um, presence of Kabbalah, and the visuals have sucked him. Um, but I always marvel at Remosh's Shuvan abortion, in which Zohar becomes a source, which I always find fascinating, right? Ramosh is the last person to kind of rely on the Zohar. And I didn't go through all of his shuvahs, I'm sure today with the databases we can find it. But if we found three, four or five more shuvahs where the Zohar is a basis, I would be highly surprised and shocked. And the fact that Ramosh resorts to Zohar as one of the sources when it comes to discussion of abortion, uh, it's so telling in so many different ways. And uh, also um, surprising because I think you and I would agree that on the surface, instinctually, we would assume that Rabbi Moshe did not at all think that the Zohar has um, halachic standing. And yet, when in desperation, he turns <laughs> even to a source where he otherwise
0: would not give
1: um, Interesting. Interesting. I definitely,
0: uh, I definitely have to look into that. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, again, this sounds great. All this Beis Yosef material, which I think uh, is one of the, you know, I'm sure, you know, when you when you're teaching Halacha and when I have a chance to teach Halacha, you know, I, I always say, you know, this is this is the place to be. The Beis Yosef is really the place to to really get your I think the term is to cut your uh, eye teeth on. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. place where, if you are involved in Psak aloha, you've got to go through all the besyosif. you got to learn mm-hmm. besyosif. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I, I think, under, and I'm sure, sh- again, understand when the besyosif himself says, when he's docha, and says, in other words, mm-hmm. when he'll say, there's He's willing to roll up his sleeves and say yes. Okay, so you found uh, you found something in the Ogur or you found something in the even in uh, the Tosefos who mentions you know the ritzvah. but that doesn't hold muster when you're dealing with the Peskin Mufakim, and, and, and which is again uh, a to those who say, well, look, what I found here. The, the Biseis of himself knew, uh, and I think is, is for many people. Again, not just for people who are studying it, for people who are trying to become paiskim to sort of emulate the the the, the forthrightness of what the Bais Yosef did, but in terms of halach, in terms of Kabbalah, I, I think the place where I go to is the the, the very beautiful shticko on Tefillin bechalamoyed in the beginning of Arachayim, where he yeah. basically sets out the principle that uh, where the zoyer is bestira to the paiskim, whether it's the rif or the Rosh or the Rambam then he believes that we can overturn the Rishonim as long as the, the Zoyar can be Matim with the Talmudic sources, if the Zoyar, uh is not a stira to them. Meaning, and, and his his assumption, and he's, I think he writes it clear, that if they would have seen the Zoyar, they would have they would have changed their mind. It would, have, nice. it would have altered the way they looked at the fundamental Talmudic source. Mm-hmm. But where the zayir is in conflict with the what we have from Talmud Bavli and the Loshen Mamish cannot be made to match, that is where um, he, at least in terms of the halachas for him, in terms of the the psak nigla Lakol, that's where you have to, in a way, recognize the zayir exists. Uh, but don't it doesn't necessarily enter into uh, the, the changing the day to day life, and that's why, of course, why he's machriya not to wear tefillin on based on uh, based on the service. So, so I, I think that to me that's a. There are people who rejected that approach, the basic but I think that is I think that's a very healthy one. What probably happens when we come into the ilm of Chassidus, whether it's sitting in the sukkah shmini or going to the mikvah and other things. Uh, that that were part of the lives of Hasidic and gaonim and Rabonim, that's where we sort of have uh, the barriers. I think start to break down. Uh, to, to 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 right. And and, and 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 although those and again, just like I said before, those are fascinating areas. But I think both you and I know that we've got to go beyond that. Right? Mm-hmm. We've got to go to beyond that. And, and I think let me just let's end off with this. I, I think by the. Um, you know, I say that the Shevet Levi in in, in our uh, platform. You know, that's where I want to stop with. That was what I started with, and that's where I want to start from the dur of the Baal Shem, to get the Shevet Levi. What happened in that generation that was Nebuch wiped out? Uh, the the generation of the mid mid early mid 20th century. You can't move in the Hungarian Welt and not find. Sefer, right? Whether it's pukudas eliezer or, or uh, you know, the 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 Tamidim of the chuster, like there's everyone is coming up uh, with 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 tivrei psak, right? There's, in other words, there's a dearth of poysekim in the beginning, like we have to scramble, and mm-hmm. by the 20th century, that that you have this, whether you know, whether it's from even the of Grunwald, who was the poysek and Satmer. Um, uh, the name of the safer Zechron Yehuda. I mean, you, you, it's almost like a, a posik mill, almost right? of mm-hmm. a, 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 of Shilas, and 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 it's incredible. So what happens is it mushrooms to the point that when Chasidus becomes the li, the lingua franca, so to mm-hmm. speak, of, of 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 Jewish communities, then it, the Shepsak, quote unquote, shows up everywhere. So so I think that. That's going to be also an enterprise. You know, it's, it's always you know as this really becomes in a way, the, the way a yid, <laughs> the tzur of a yid, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. just the, the startup movement. So I think there, it's this, it's it's almost like the old the maturity or the the dotage of what Chasidus is, and then you find those farm there, and I think those need to be looked at a little bit different. W- w- would you agree as far as that goes? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Every every comment you make opens floodgates for me, and I
1: uh, think that, that the conversation can go on forever, ever, and I know we have to end. Um, I mean, that goes to a much bigger, larger question about uh, the differences between early Hasidus and late Hasidus, and uh, to what degree is early early Hasidus, to what degree is late Hasidus different? from early Hasidus, And I think that most people would agree that a significant part of the difference is the degree to which um, Kabbalistic and Hasidic philosophy informs their behavior. I mean, to put it very superficially, I like to kind of distinguish between Hasidus and Hasidish. Uh, when you get to the later generations of Hasidim, they're Hasidish, meaning in their practice, their dress, their behavior, uh, their food, their menus and so on and so forth, so on and so forth, but the role, the role that Zohar and Kabbalah plays in their thinking day to day, in their davening, in their learning, um, continuously diminishes. And I think that one could see, if one looks closely, one can see significant shifts and significant changes uh, between post-kin, let's say, like the. Uh, the uh, Tsenach Tzedek, the Meir Nesivim, the Divrachayim, the Avdenezer, and so on and so forth, and people like you've mentioned later, this from Yehuda, the Abba and others, there still is a Hasidic influence, but the influence is dramatically different uh, than the kind of influences that drove people like the Avdi Nezer, people like uh, the first, uh, the Alter Rebbe, and so on and so forth. Um, and not to be superficial, because I said before that uh, it would be a mistake to use um, superficial categories, but I will use them anyway, is that Kula uh, Khumra becomes a very A very um, obvious uh, distinction. Um, I think that superficially, broadly speaking, early Hasidic Shaposkim have a tendency towards kula in the loosest sense of the word. I'm not saying they just make hell but there's an orientation of more, um, You know, I'm thinking of the truth of the Debrechaim and Cheresh, but the Debrechaim says more or less that a Cheresh today is no longer a Heresh, since they learned how to communicate. Um, and when you get to the more contemporary post-Kim, uh, the very same Hasidut, which led the Bnei Aschar and others to endorse Kula, leads them to actually be uh, uh, more on the side of stringency. Um, and that I think is deeply connected to the delusion, uh, and the diminishment of uh, the role that Kabbalah, um, 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 theosophic Kabbalah, the philosophy of Kabbalah, and understanding Akedah Shemaruf plays in their day-to-day thinking. <laughs> That's what it seems to be, but yeah. I might be wrong.
0: Okay. Let's, let's. I just want to end with a little uh, story that I heard from Rav Elimelech Bluth. Um, who was Nifter um, last year, and who was a wonderful person. I don't know if you were zochet. Uh, he was a Talmud Muvak of Rav Meisha, and you can find some of his Torah in some of the old MTJ journals. He also, lived in Klapp, but she was very well-known as a, a wonderful human being, Rav Melech a Talmud, And uh, he was there when Rav Meisha received the um, Psaq, the Satmarov, on um, artificial insemination you know mm-hmm. that Rav Moshe um, and, and you know and basically I would say uh, from my research which I did many years ago that the Shiloh in many ways came from the Chesidah because there were never uh, there was a tzav uh, Zoruz that that was clear after the Holocaust propagate there was an idea that you must have children it was it was it was almost a mm-hmm. it, it, it was a it was a yarg Val Yavor for someone uh, to be able, that was the whole idea, that was the defeat of Hitler, was to be able to have children. And from the Chsidische Welt, the Shiloh came to Ramesha about uh, a, a couple that wasn't able to conceive uh, naturally. And the question was whether um, the woman could be macabo Zera uh, from, mm-hmm. uh, from a sperm bank in order to be able to have a child. And Rav Meish, of course, famously printed the tshuva in Nebuchadnezzar to be Matir. And this resulted in an uproar, to say the least, mm-hmm. um, uh, to the point that, uh, you know, the Rav Amzel in his Moor, um, uh, you know, it was almost kirufim <laughs> and Gidufim against Rav Meish. It was yep, really very, yep, very strong. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, the Satmarov, uh wrote a, 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 a tshuva, uh, a very famous one, and, and a very brilliant one in some ways, Rav Meisha, the tshuva came to Rav Moshe. was there. Rav Meisha opened it up, was looking through it, and he looked up. and He said, "This is Chasidus." <laughs> like, he said, "This is Chasidus." Well, um, yeah, and, well, and, 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 and 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 of course. Part of it was the chid, the, the chidushim that 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 the Satmarov was saying in terms of what's considered a, a biassiser, and it's not about the Mysabi, mm. it's about yeah, the Kiddusha, you know, right? So, so, right, and and he used Rishonim like the say and the Ramban and others to, mm-hmm. to develop his point. But Ramaisha, you know, said, you know, this uh, is this is and therefore he despite all the political pressure, and in a way he wrote uh, uh, an admission that he didn't, you know, it has to be Lemaisa and it really depends. He, stay, he stayed with the basic halachic principles that he had laid out in that shuva. And of course, you know, another sort of, quote-unquote, Hasidosh Paisik, the Chelkas for for Yaakov, Yaakov mm-hmm. also, you know, went on the attack and, and, and he's another example, really, of a very much a, 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 a you know, maybe, you know, of a place. I, I want to ask you, as someone who grew up, you know, I, I have a couple of volumes of DeVryo, the Chubis De Um, you know, you know, you, you know, Satmar is always going to color your life. Uh, how do you respond to the Satmarov as a paisik just before just to end off on this? Right. Right.
1: Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting question and a complicated question. I mean, um, um, uh, my family was close to Satmarab, very close to Satmarab. In fact, my grandfather was um, informally adopted. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather was orphaned at a very young age, and um, Satmarabbi took him in, took care of him and so on and so forth. Um, and then also after the war, my family, uh, my, my grandfather and his children ended up in Uruguay, when it was a small Hasidish community, most of, mostly made up of Satmar Hasidim, and they corresponded a lot, um, you know, about various issues. In fact,
0: where's at montevideo Montevidio. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My family
1: uh, is from Montevideo. My father was born in Romania still, but he grew up in Montevideo. Oh, Some of my uh, uncles were born in Matevideo. Um, You know, and, and then like one of exa- one example is that Satmarov advised uh, we're Kohanim. And he kind of was not comfortable with the coin taking two aliyahs because the second aliyah is So he advised my family, if possible, to actually go out of the shul so that uh, Yisrael should take all the aliyahs. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, his true votes are very much dominated by his politics and very much informed by his politics. You know, whether it's the tshuva on artificial insemination, which you referred to, whether it's the tshuva about Mechitza, whether it's the tshuva about Esroge Erz Israel. And um, one almost gets a sense that he's trying to uh, um, obscure and hide the, the degree to which um, so much of his true vote are informed by um, his own facidish philosophy. Uh, having said that, I mean, to his credit, saprov was not a Catholic county Bag, but to put it mildly, Zahmurov was a real go-and-olam agree with him or disagree with him about his philosophy. He was a go-and-olam. And I would argue, I would argue that he, he successfully obscured the degree to which, in, in most cases, not in all cases, but in most cases, he success, successfully obscured the degree to which uh, his sack is deeply informed uh, by his own um, Hasidish values. And again, I think Hasidish values in this case is not Hasidut. I mean, they're not Kabbalistic. They're more Hasidish as a, soci- a sociological movement and, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I always do a quiz with my students quickly. I'll end up with this. Um, I do a quiz with my students. I'll tell my students, you know, there were three machlokr between Moshe Feinstein and Satmarov. Um, artificial insemination, and um, And I tell my students, all of them them consistently, meaning all of them them by all three, either Lakumra or Lakula. Can you guess who said Lakula for all three and who said lakhumra for all three? And of course they always get guess the right answer. Well, of course, Satmar was machmara and all three, and Lebusha is. Make uh, Now, does they, does that say that some, say something about this particular um, you know protagonist, or does it say something in general about Psak? You know, does that mean? In other words, it raises a question that I always struggle with. When a posse gets a question, what happens? Does the posse say? Hmm? hmm, that's an interesting question. I have no idea. Let me take out the sources. Let me take out the book, this and find out. And it turns out, Ramosha found out Lehetor for all three and Samra found out Lehetor for all three. Or is there an intuition that a person has that the sources then are there to supplement and support that intuition? In other words, with these three questions, when Moshe was asked, um, did he intuitively think, I think it's Mutter. let me look at the sources. And same with Satmarov. But it's hard when you see a consistency in the POSIX. And with Satmarov, it's very much consistent, um, very anti psika You wonder the role of intuition in the POSIX. It seems almost hard to avoid the fact, hard to suspect, I should say, that Satmarov had an intuition about these issues before he went about Writing the Uh, <laughs> But I don't know if he's unique about
0: that. It could be other post Gemada too. So, so do you think we need to study him to discover what it is that is unique about Chassidish Ipsak, or would you say he's a Uvdebifteyatzma, the Sapmarov? Gam. I mean, I
1: think on the one hand, no, 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 no. On the one hand, he's deeply informed by Chassidis and Chassidish um, thinking, and at the same time, he severs himself from Chassidish. Uh, a uh, milieu, to use a word, you know, he doesn't think he's part of that belt, I mean, he even says, tudeh, and I'm yeah. not part of that, uh, but, you know, I, me think thou protest too much, to <laughs> paraphrase um, um, Shakespeare, he obviously was chassidish, but he was also unique chassid, a unique type of chassid.
0: So what, yeah, uh, you know, I I, meant, I I mentioned the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and and you know, you can't help but contrast the Lubavitcher Rebbe and the Satmarov. Um, you know, the the, the communities were uh, geographically close. Uh, there was sechusim on the ground, but also just in terms of you know these two incredible figures in America, mm-hmm. it seems like from from what I see that the Lubavitcher, although they have. You know, answers on Shulchanorach from Lobabach Rebbe, he didn't say, I'm writing the tshuvas for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he wrote the big picture Hogis and Mifzoim. Mm-hmm. In, in Satmar, again, so there is no Divrei Yoyo from, from Ramanacham Mendel Schneerson. There is no collection of tshuvas, which, mm-hmm. you know, although they have Psochim and things he wrote in letters, and Hiroas, right. whether it was right. it, 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 in Satmar, did the Rebbe have? Paiskim that he relied on or did he feel i'm going to be the one who's going to answer the the shyless that are going to come in no, i mean i think you know the answer is like <laughs> right <laughs> which i think is which i think is an interesting contrast between the two where you know sure. and, and, and part of it is again is that how do we refer people in the know do not like me and you do not call him sat Marebbe. Right. Call we, go, we call him Satmarov. And I exactly. think that's, and that's part of it. I think it's part mm-hmm. of it. And, and I would say, and I hold he was the most, one of the most incredible people of the 20th century. Um, I, I think, in a way, he saw himself as a, a shtickle, a, 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 a continuation of the Ismail Moshe. Anyways, yep. And the yep. Yizmak Moshe, Moshe Teitelbaum, as we know, the rub of Eel he was also the 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 Heish of Moshe as well. He he was the Heish of Moshe and right. and, and the author of the Yizmak Moshe. And I think I think the mm-hmm. Sapph felt mm-hmm. that was his responsibility, not not to delegate. But actually right. to be rough and play sick as well. Right. And it's Oscar. Right. Uh, thank you for taking me all the way, uh, from where I was holding back to Montevideo and back to your life. Cause, uh, I, <laughs> I, I sort of, I threw you, I threw you a curve at the end to. Yeah, it is. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.